Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Eden Foods, the most trusted name in certified organic clean food. When you shop online at EdenFoods.com, enter the coupon code ORGVIEW to receive 20% off any regularly priced items, excluding cases. For other promotional offers, please visit TheOrganicView.com's website. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I are going to talk about a new ban on neonicotinoids in Europe, and we're also going to discuss the controversy over TPIP in the UK. Also joining us from Scotland is beekeeper and environmental author, Graham White. First, I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper, Mr. Tom Theobald. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, June, from hot and sunny Colorado. And I would like to welcome to the show Mr. Graham White. Good afternoon, Graham, and welcome to the show. Good afternoon, June, from a country which has just become independent of the European Union in a national vote that is absolutely historic. Well, we will get to that in a minute, but I would first like to talk about this proposed ban in Europe. Graham, can you share with our listeners a little bit about the background for this ban? Sure. Uh, it's, it's important to understand that neonicotinoids were introduced in France around 1994 to 96. They were introduced state by state, county by county. And a million bee, beehives died that year in France, 95, 96. And uh, there was an enormous legal and political struggle that went on year after year. Millions of bees died, millions of colonies died. And finally, in 2000, the French government banned the main three neonicotinoids, imidacloprid, clothianidin, and thiamethoxam. So that was in 2000. Now, neonics continued to be sold in the other 27 countries of Europe, in Britain, Spain, Holland, Germany, and so on, until 2013. And in 2013, the European uh, Commission, which is the government of the European Union, banned the main three neonicotinoids, the same as the French ones, for all 28 countries in the EU uh, for use on any flowering crops that are attractive to bees. Now, what's happened recently is that the French Parliament has gone one step further, and they say, we don't want a partial ban on neonicotinoids. We want every single product used on any crop, whether it's wheat, uh, you know, cut flowers, potatoes, apples, anything. We want every single molecule of neonicotinoid removed from the territory of France. And that's been passed, but it has to be uh, sanctified by the Senate, which has still not taken that vote. But it's, it's a real uh, mission statement from the French Parliament that we've had enough of this stuff. You know, we've had it. So the, the, the upshot of all of that is that Neonicotinoids are banned on most crops in all 28 countries of Europe. They're banned on an even wider range of crops in France, and France wants to go the whole hog and have an absolute ban on all members of this bee-killing family of chemicals. That's where we are. Graham, will the decision that was made last night on the European Union, will that have an effect in the UK? Will the UK now be free 
to not follow those bands, or how will that work? Well, the truth is nobody knows. The, the, the United Kingdom has been part of the European Union with 27 other countries since 1972, so it's over 40 years. And last night, in an amazing vote, which nobody predicted, everybody got it completely wrong, the ordinary people of this country agreed to leave the European Union because it was incapable of reform and incapable of acting in a democratic manner. So there is complete chaos here at the moment because the Prime Minister, our President, has resigned. It's very likely that our Chancellor of the Exchequer is going to resign in a day or two. Uh, there'll have to be a general election sometime in spring, and uh, we now have to negotiate a completely new relationship with the 27 countries of the European Union. Uh, but we think that's going to be a better relationship, and we're not just going to throw overboard the Neonix ban, which we think was a great achievement. I'm absolutely certain that uh, almost anything that's of value that we achieve together in the European Union, that will all be kept. Uh, so there's a two-and-a-half-year transition period before we become independent again, and uh, that is what all the politicians here are talking about 24-7 on TV at the moment. Um, the really big issue is TTIP, Transatlantic Trade Partnership, which is an American-sponsored uh, bill for free trade between the 28 countries of Europe and America. And if that is passed, Anything which is used in America automatically becomes legal in the UK and the 27 other countries of Europe. So atrazine, for example, which is banned in Europe and has been banned for 15 years, that would immediately become used all over Europe. Uh, neonicotinoids, which are currently banned in Europe, would, would immediately become legal in every country in Europe. And any country that tried to ban them would be subject to a legal court which would issue fines of billions of dollars. So it's uh, what constitutes this court, Graham. It's 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 called an investors court, and what that means is, if for example we chose to ban glyphosate Roundup, Monsanto's investors who have the most to lose from a European ban on glyphosate, they could sue the British Prime Minister, the French Prime Minister, the Italian Prime Minister for unlimited amounts. There is no limit on what they are, uh, can be sued for. And uh, the, the actual penalties are decided not by any court that we recognize as a court, not by the British judiciary or the French or, whatever, or even the American. They're set by a court of investors. So it might be Donald Trump or you know, one of those guys who owns billions of dollars worth of stocks and shares. Um, and, and what was most very, very resented in this country and in Europe was when this um, issue of Britain voting to leave the EU came up, President Obama flew across the Atlantic in a, an action that is completely unprecedented in modern history. And he basically warned the British, if you don't sign up to the EU and TTIP, he didn't actually mention TTIP, but it was implied, you will suffer penalties from the United States. His actual words were, you'll be in the back of the queue for anything that you want to do. So that was deeply resented, and of course everybody voted to get out of Europe. Were there any benefits to remaining with the EU? I don't think anybody actually wants to leave Europe. We're, we've always been a European country. We're, we're not leaving Europe. We're leaving the European Union, which is a political 
organization. Britain has been at the heart of Europe for 400 years. Our culture is derived from France and Germany and so on, our music, our literature. We are always going to be part of Europe, but British people did not uh, like the fact that the executive of the European Union is completely unelected, it is unaccountable, and it is unsackable. And we want politicians who we can elect, who we can sack, and who we can call to account. And the European Union does not allow us that. So there you go. It's is that, the first is that, that by it, design? Pardon? Is that by design? That is entirely by design. Yes, the, the European Union was a slowly, slowly catchy monkey type operation where they decided they, they never wanted to have war in Europe ever again. And they, they knew that if they went to all the 28 nations of Europe and said, how do you all like to be ruled by one set of autocratic masters, that nobody would vote for that. So what they did was they said, oh, we'll just have a coal, we'll have a coal um, and steel market. We'll all trade coal and steel. And everyone said, well, that's great. And then they said, well, we could trade fish as well without putting tariffs on. And gradually, behind the scenes, the politicians were all getting together and betraying our country for money and power and prestige. And we suddenly found out that the European Court of Justice can overrule any law in the British Parliament. Any law can be overruled by a foreign power. And people have woken up and saying, no, we fought two world wars for our freedom and democracy. We're not going to do that. Graham, how do you think that this will impact industry's ability to sell the genetically modified crops? I know that there were plans to unleash more. Well, the entire point of TTIP is to get GM crops and GM pesticides into the European Union. It's the biggest consumer market on the planet, 500 million consumers, much bigger than America. And uh, that's what TTIP is about. Uh, it they want to bypass the regulators, bypass our parliament, bypass the scientists who test these chemicals and, and crops and get it in. So if we break away and we don't sign TTIP, there is still, of course, a danger that the new government could turn out to be a right wing, uh, you know, neoliberal government. I don't think it will. But if it was, they might say, well, we'll do a separate deal with America just for the UK. And that's a great danger that we are all very concerned about. But last night was a was a victory for democracy and for little people saying we are not going to be dictated to by the political elite who do not believe in the nation state. They don't believe in a country called England or Scotland. They believe in giving away our sovereignty to a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in Brussels. Graham, considering this proposed ban, do you know if the existing ban on the neonicotinoids has had a positive impact on agriculture? Uh, the ban of neonicotinoids in 2000 in France had an enormous impact. Uh, before that time, the honey crop had fallen from 100,000 tons a year to 50,000 tons a year, and millions of beehives were dead. The French introduced the ban, and by the next year, the hives were beginning to come back. Five years later, the crop was back up to 100,000 tons. And the French will never remove that ban. And the same has happened here in the UK since 2013. My bees have not made a pound of honey since 2006. And I have 10 hives. They, they don't die, but they don't thrive. Now, last year, they began to make honey for the first time in nearly 10 years. So 
you know, it, it's a good uh, starting point. But of course, neonics are still used on wheat and barley and potatoes and other crops which bees don't visit. So they're in the environment. You know, the, our bees are not safe from these pesticides. Thank you, Graham. Thanks, Jim. This has been a very interesting discussion, and I'm sure as things unfold, there will be a lot more to talk about, especially as it affects the bees and other pollinators. So thank you both for joining me today. That's great. I mean, TTIP and the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is its mirror image, they are going to destroy all the wildlife in the world if we allow them. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Graham, and thank you, June. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer for the Organic Bee Radio Show. Tune in next week as Tom and I continue the discussion.